It's Two Jerks, One Vote, and Jerkatorium is reviewing the Spin Tunes 15 Round 2 songs, Gratitunes, with all songs expressing sincere gratitude. Hi, I'm Chumpy, and this is the Jerk. Hi. Now here's how this thing works. We won Spin Tunes 13, so now we're back here on the scene to judge you, rate you, to flatter you, and then eliminate you. I know that stuff to hear. To the idea. Yeah, you're gonna lose this spin tunes. And yes, I'm talking to you. Yeah, you're gonna lose this spin tunes. Deep down inside, you know that it's true. Most of these bands are gonna lose before this thing is done. And your bands won. And by your bands won, I don't mean your bands won. With bands being a contraction of band has and won, meaning the past tense of win. Do we want to talk at all about the round one spin tunes stuff? Well, the challenge was that you were to write a song from the perspective of an alien who had come to Earth and you were to write about what they found. That's right. Strange New World was what they were calling it. So the top four from last time were Zoe Gray, Von Borton, Glenn Raffel, and Faster Jackalope. And I don't feel that's controversial in any way. Yeah, there was even some comments in the judges' chat about how comparatively or maybe relatively uh, uniform things were. There were some outliers, and I kind of wanted to comment on some of that, but then when I really looked into it, it's like it, it's not nearly as bad as, like, say, Nurein, where people will be, you know, in one judge's top two and another judge's bottom two out of 20 songs, which is just ridiculous. So this, this it wasn't nearly anything like that. And, of course, I think maybe part of that is that people have to justify their rankings. Right. We clearly disagreed with the, the rest of the judges on two artists. Good Guy Sojabe, mm-hmm. we were the only judges who gave Good Guy Sojabe double-digit rankings. Okay. So I ranked him number 11, you ranked them number 10. Okay. And for Shy Fox, we were the only judges to give them single-digit rankings. Yeah, I think... So, interesting. Yeah. I don't think it's it's so so wild, so crazy, you know, when it comes right down to it. So I know that I, I realize that we gave, you know, Shy Fox a lot. And, and like Edric had a couple of little outliers here and there, but that but I also, also that's fine. You know, it isn't again, none of that stuff was as wacky as we ever see in any Nurine, you know, which is often just just way out of the out of anything because Nurine, they don't have to justify their rankings. They can just base it on any old thing. Right. And there is a lot of personal taste that comes comes into play. Yeah. Yeah. You can call that personal taste, personal resentments, personal petty nonsense. All of that stuff is in Nurine. But here, I think it's maybe much less so. Uh, we got to be able to say, all right, you know, these are our rankings and these are our reviews and we have to state what, you know, what our rationale is. So we're uh, at least a little bit accountable and it should be like that. So I'm very happy about that. All right. Anything else you want to say about Spin Tunes 15 Round 1 before we launch into the songs? I guess we can talk about, I mean, I'm disappointed that Shy Fox didn't get into Round 2. 
Well, they they did technically make it into round two. They just didn't submit a song by deadline. Yeah, Shy Fox didn't submit, and also Bafo Yex Dude didn't submit. And that's a bummer, too, because I always like hearing what they put out. They yeah. always have a different spin on things, and it's uh, it's nice to hear whatever they generate. And so, yeah, bummer that they didn't. Right. I uh, prefer if contestants are eliminated brutally, preferably. That's, yeah, I want them to feel it. Right. Uh, so they, they escaped that. But yeah, it, it is nice that uh, Jocko homomorphism and Menage Tune got back in, though. So Yeah. You know. Their loss is their gain. Exactly. All right. Uh, should we launch into it? Yeah. So first up is Glenn Raffel. One quick interruption. I'm editing in this interruption here. I uh, just want people to know that this podcast was recorded before Chumpy or I had any idea that Glenn Raphael might be disqualified or at least heavily, severely downgraded for his song being essentially the same as this other song called The Work of the Weavers, uh, but with some of the lyrics changed to make it about computer programmers. Now, uh, Glenn clearly never had any intention to deceive or plagiarize. Uh, He explicitly refers to his song as an homage to the song The Work of the Weavers in his song bio. And it's my understanding that he was urged to submit this song, despite perhaps some reluctance on his part considering the many uh, unoriginal elements. Uh, Despite all that, uh, from the judge's recent chatter, it's clear that Glenn Raphael's song will actually either be disqualified completely or or it'll be ranked dead last by most of the judges. Uh, But anyhow, back to the podcast. The order is the order that folks submitted their final versions of the songs. So Glenn was first. We had all met together here to browse and post As we gathered around the gadgets we love the most And we wouldn't have had the servers from which they host If it wasn't for the work of the programmers If it wasn't for the programmers would that boat You wouldn't have had a thing that's made of code You wouldn't have had the Google Maps to map your road If it wasn't for the work of the programmers and I guess Glenn was in Dublin, according to Dr. Lindyke, and he recorded his song in a hotel room there. And I think that's what inspired him to do the fake Irish accent for this song, which I'm afraid is a bit unfortunate. That's not my favorite. And I think just knowing that it's fake sort of bothers me. It's just, you know, inauthentic, and I, and I kind of wish he wouldn't have done it. The song is good, and I, and I like his some of his fake Irishisms, like, I like the way he rhymes and ah, that's mm. and all, with by law. It's a cute rhyme. And it's funny, in the lyrics, he actually spells out the word south, S-O-O-T-H, as to remind him how he should pronounce it Irishly, I guess. But still, mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know, it just, it, the fake Irish accent just kind of dooms it for me. And there are a couple of places where the voices are out of sync, but in general, the harmonies are really well done. And the song is well executed. I just can't get past the fakeness of it. I thought it was charming. I thought it was, you know, affected, obviously. Uh, but to my inexperienced ear, the, the accent sounded genuine enough to me. I mean, it didn't bother me. The, the fake accent didn't bother me as much as it bothered you. It's, it's obviously a bit of a novelty song. And yeah, I, I also caught those uh, the timing issues here and there. And that's fine. But the um, backing vocals, the harmonies were great. Yeah, They were done really well, and I thought it was a really good effort, and I liked it. Nice. Uh, Let's see. Next up, we've got Zoe Gray with How to Sing. I already 
that Micah had mentioned previously that Zoe's work reminds him a bit of a Disney song and I can totally see that. Yeah. Like there's that little giggle she does after the line laugh more than I should just on that one line in just one spot in that one line and it, that really seems to be like a Disney kind of touch. The song reminds me of a song in the style that you might hear on like something like Frozen mm-hmm. which is a middle-aged dude you know that's something I'm totally hip to. <laughs> and um, you got to give Zoe's parents props for teaching her how to sing because she can really sing and she does them proud here. There are some sweet harmonies, some touching, heartfelt and sincere lyrics. Um, it's a super strong entry. Yeah. If I have to put my critical listening hat on, uh, I did notice that certain words she sings are a bit louder than others and they pop out of the mix. Like towards the end, there's this. She sings the word "fight" at about um, I'm gonna say 04:23, and it just pops right out of the mix and is a bit loud. I would have mixed that a little bit down or compressed it or otherwise squashed the volume on that a little bit. There's a few other places where I hear that, but it's a tiny complaint, and I really reached for some of those complaints there. All in all, this is a touching song, and I'm sure it's more touching for her parents than it is for me. But it's a good song, and I'm, I think this is a very strong contender. Ah, yeah, definitely. The intro vocals, that little harmony that comes in, I thought it sounded really reedy and imperfect, but then when it melds into the the verse with the, the lead vocal line over it, that reedy imperfection turns into this amazing string duet sound which I thought was just beautiful. I was kind of wondering where she was going with the very, very beginning intro, but then it magically turned into a, a violin and a viola or something. I was just like, okay, sold. It's great. I thought also, you know, when the ba- bass comes in at the beginning of the verse, kind of hits in just the right way. Somehow it didn't uh, knock me over during the listening party, but later when I was listening to it on the headphones, I was like, wow, yeah, that's that's just a great effect, just a great choice there. And uh, yeah, I thought it was beautiful backing vocals throughout the song, and I thought the bridge is excellent too. So yeah, this is one of my top picks. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel about the percussion and just the general instrumentation? I know that you've been a bit critical at times. I said one bad thing about her last submission and still put her <laughs> at number one. So yeah, so she's terrible. Uh, I hate everything. No, I'm kidding. She's, uh, no, I, I thought it was fine. That's the thing. It's like this time around, especially, I think I was just sold from, you know, the first verse. You know, that, that bass comes in when the, um, when the verse lyrics come in and then it sort of, yeah, I don't know. I, I just liked everything that she did. Yeah, so. I really had to stretch to find something to complain about. Really strong entry. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. All right, next up we've got Von Borten. Thank you, Rafta and Agnes. The house was quiet for a while. Needed a jump start for my smile. There was something massive missing from my soul. It had been over a year. Since feline life was here When you lose a friend It's hard to fill the hole The only answer was a little madness To balance the boredom and soothe the sadness Now I want to say Thank you, Rafa and Agnes And Rafta and Agnes, I think, are Von Borten's cats If I'm reading this I don't right think, 
I don't think there's a T in Rafta, is there? Um, you know, I might have written this down wrong. Ah. Okay. <laughs> let me let me find out. I, I have the internet in front of me. Let me check my tubes. So it would be Rafa. Yeah, Rafa. R-A-F-A. If I remember right, uh, a tennis player and film director named after the tennis pro Rafael Nadal is my guess. And Agnes, would that be Agnes DeMille? Where's my Wikipedia's at? <laughs> I don't know. I do follow Vom on Twitter, and it is, in fact, Rafa, right? And there are some cute pictures of his cats on Instagram. I don't see anything about which they're named after. I'm sure if I were to dig a little bit farther on Twitter. Let's see. Agnes DeMille was an American dancer and choreographer. Yeah, so maybe not director. That last verse says uh, a tennis player and a film director became a ladder climber and shoe inspector. Uh, Lovely, lovely lyrics. But yeah, I don't know which Agnes it is. I'm not sure it matters. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Mike. (laughs) What are we here for? (laughs) If not to pick apart the lyrics. Uh, I like this song quite a bit. No surprise there. It's got that sort of upbeat sound that I really love of Von Borten's songs. That guitar riff that mixes with the sort of sci-fi synth working together with that jangly acoustic guitar just sounds great. Makes me feel good right away. The verse vocals are harmonized right off the top, so check a box right there. And then some really pretty harmonies come in on the bridge. And the second half of the bridge is really hooky. There's this ba-da-ba-da-ba-da sort of um, harmony parts that I think sound really good. And as usual, the production is really shiny and lush and balanced. It's just another great entry from Vom. The lyrics are cute. The gratitude feels real. I'm tapping my toe the whole way through. It's pretty easy to put this in the top of the list or in the top area, the top bucket. I just don't know where it's going to land in the in the final analysis, but that's going to be the hard part. But I know this is one of the top songs. Okay, so my guess is after looking on the internet, it's probably Agnes Varda, who I actually hadn't heard of before i'm not in a movie town when it comes right down to it so i'm not really in on this stuff oh, that was a joke <laughs> yeah so a part of the french new wave uh she received an honorary palm d'or lifetime achievement award from the european film academy and academy honorary award etc blah 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 so yeah so that that's my guess anyhow uh but but yeah about the song we had that whole set of songs last year that it was ostensibly about pets or a roommate who is an animal or a pet or something right. like that. And uh, this kind of reminded me a little bit about that, uh, which which is fine. You know, any references to pets and mortality also give me the feels, you know, in a song, even if the mortality is, is, isn't is the main point of the song. It kind of doesn't matter. And he starts off with a reference to a, to a previous cat and or a previous animal of some sort. Reliably charming stuff uh, from Von Vorten. I love the chorus. The Bada's and the bridge are a great choice. It didn't totally, totally blow me away, but it's still a great, great song. You know, it's a really good, strong effort. Solid. Nice. Next, we've got Good Guy Sojabe. Upward and onward. There was a quiet November day When a child fell to earth The stars we heard were Streets all the way to outer space. 
And I believe this is a timely thank you to Stan Lee. And yeah. I like the reference to Astonishing Tales. For people like me who are a little bit dense and might not get exactly what the tribute is for the first time around, so that helps. This, like the last Good Guy Sojabe tune, is really well done. It's got great production. It sounds radio-ready, albeit 1990s radio-ready. Um, what stop? Yeah, I don't. I don't agree. I'm going to interrupt you right here. I don't think it. It's got great production. I thought it was muddy, muddy, really? muddy, muddy all the way through. That's one of my main notes that I wrote down too. It's like the the lead vocals are muddy. Uh, the rhythm electric guitar seems muddy. It sounds. I thought it sounded like a lower quality than average kind of recording for a band like a demo recording, um, like an early '90s cassette. The quality of the composition I'm not talking about. I'm just talking about what what I heard, you know, over my headphones. I thought it was like these weird choices for reverb and, and tremolo, but just muddy, muddy, muddy. A lot of bass, a lot of mush, not as clear as I would have liked to have heard it. Interesting. I remember that I thought the guitar solo was pretty far back in the mix, and I remember having to strain to sort of hear it. So maybe that's some of what maybe that's some of what you were hearing there. I was. I'm talking about through just the whole thing was muddy, huh? From note one, the the again the, the vocals is where it's most noticeable. But if you were to take those out and just listen to the backing tracks, I think the main rhythm, electric guitar specifically, it's like you can hear the um, the acoustic guitar back there, and that's you know that's fine, and maybe that's part of it. You know, it sounds so comparatively clear, and there's a little you know when everything else it seems like there's no treble on it and it's all mush. Interesting. One complaint I had about the vocal harmonies is that they were there, but they were pretty ordinary. Like, I think they were just used mostly for lead vocal thickening. Like, they weren't really showcased or highlighted at all. It just ticks the box. It didn't really do anything extra for the challenge. And I know these guys are pretty talented. I, I feel like they could have done more harmony-wise. So that was sort of another complaint I had. But I could, I could certainly hear harmonies. I just felt they were a little bit uninspired. That, that's fine. I, I kind of feel a little bit like if we had met the challenge and then been criticized for meeting the challenge that we'd be pissed about that kind of a criticism though too you know what i'm saying yeah yeah so i yeah i i had other problems with the song again muddy 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 in my opinion i thought the lyrics were fine the song wasn't particularly interesting though in my ear and this is more just kind of, a, I think, a personal taste sort of a thing and a more gut feeling thing than anything that has anything to do with the actual song. But, you know, af after hearing it through a couple of times, I kept skipping it during later hearings of the playlist. So that's sort of an indicator that, you know, regardless of what I might think of the qualities of the song, I, I just sort of didn't hit me. It didn't click with me for whatever reason. So it's, it's not going to rate very high on my thing. And that's just because... Whether it's a high-quality song or not, it's just something that I, that I thought wasn't worth my time. And I'm sorry about that. You know, th there's no measuring that. Right. Right. I felt the same way. It wasn't, it wasn't something I went back to. And when it came up, I sort of, you know, I didn't have great feelings about it either. And I think it's because I don't really click with the source material either, having never really been into comic books or Stan Lee. And I just, it, it just didn't click with me either. I wouldn't have gotten any of that if I hadn't really read the lyrics anyway. So, you know, beyond the topic of it, it just the, the sound of the song, you know, didn't get to me. Yeah. All right. So next up, we've got Pig Farmer Jr. with So Long and Thanks for All the Fish. Got the hitchhiker. 
So musically, this sounds pretty good to me. I think the acoustic guitar and the distorted guitar balance each other out pretty nicely. Mm-hmm. I thought he did pretty good on the harmonies. I like the ooh-ah vocals. I think the harmonies are in my left and right ears on the ooh and ah vocals, which I like. It sounds good. I really liked hearing the mandolin on some of the quieter parts, so I liked his use of instrumentation. Some of the songwriting on the song uh, leaves me scratching my head a little bit. Like the line, I didn't get a chance to tell you goodbye. And I, I assume he's talking about Douglas Adams, right? Well, Douglas yeah. Adams died suddenly of a heart attack. Nobody had the chance to tell him goodbye. <laughs> so yeah. I, don't, I don't get that. And, you know, I couldn't afford a ticket for the plane. And I'm like, to the funeral? I'm pretty sure his funeral was a private family affair. You know, yeah. I am not like you were invited. So... <laughs> I don't know. I just had weird questions while, while the song was going, and I was thinking about the lyrics. That's probably yeah. says more about me than Pig Farmer. No, no, I, I think that's valid, too. I mean, I, I, I was thinking about that, especially during the listening party, and I'm kind of like, what? Yeah, but uh, all in all, in general, I don't, I don't think that mattered all that much in yeah. my kind of evaluation of the song. This is some picky, nitpicky stuff. Yeah. Uh, I didn't notice any obvious phrasing issues in this song, so uh, I think that's an improvement. Yeah. Overall, this is pretty pretty solid work from Pig Farmer. I liked it. Yeah. I thought it was a great effort. I thought it was, it was a great vocal work. It was hard for me to find anything to criticize. You know, it's a good song. There's, there's nothing particularly new or innovative about it, but it's solid. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I actually met Douglas Adams back in 1997 or 1998 when he was on tour with Terry Jones for the uh, uh, Starship Titanic book. And um, yeah, it's not like we hung out and had a drink or anything like that, but you know, it was just a reading and lecture and, uh, and stuff. But, but yeah, that was neat. So there, I got to meet him, you didn't. <laughs> you know, I, I'm a big fan of his books and stuff, but I did not really have an emotional connection with this song at all even though I obviously got the references and was into the topic. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he was very, very much a comedy writer and I think that he could have killed off any of his characters and we wouldn't have been particularly sad. All right. Next up, we've got mandibles with independence. Thank you for being around. Your presence dims the raging sounds. That glitter and glow through my mind on shards of glass When you're gone, they hammer out their awful song That drowns the world in a sea of twisted brass I love the harmonies between the two vocalists. So we've got Truth and Cybronica, 
and there's just something about the interplay between their two contrasting vocals that make the harmonies just that much better. So this song is from the perspective of someone who suffers from mental illness, sung to their significant other for helping them through the rough spots. It's a, it's a nice sentiment, but it's just the harmonies really make this song. They just really nailed it. The piano on this sounds really nice too. It's like an old kind of crappy piano, I think. It has a lot of character to it. It's nice. I like this. I like the harmonies quite a lot. I thought the piano was a bit loud in places. Um, and it was a bit grating on my ear a couple times, but that was the only real complaint I had with this song. Overall, this is another really strong song and great use of harmony. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a beautiful love song. You know, ex excellent lyrics. It was a, this love song duet, you know, it was just just done really well and, and uh, had a beautiful touch to it. The, the vocals were a little pitchy during the bridge. But uh, otherwise, the song was just too good, you know. Yeah. It's a beautiful. Also, there's a long blank bit at the end uh, of the track. Doesn't matter. Doesn't doesn't enter the song. It, you know, it's uh, it, it's just great. I'm rating this one really high. Yeah, this goes in my top bucket as well. Nice work. Yeah. Yeah. Next up, we've got Brian Gray with Your Name. You didn't have time to think or time to fear. I hadn't the guts to disagree And now you're like all dissolved And I'm still here And I can't stop being glad That it was you instead of me So I keep thinking how there won't be trumpets Blaring majesty to drown my shame and no statue with a plaque atop the ash of an attack on this world that doesn't know your name. What was your name? What was your name? All right, this is this is super cool. It's like Brian Gray is uh, channeling Edric here, and this yeah. really works. Yeah, I, I, my first note here is this song was written very specifically for Edric. And, and I think it's a better song for it. So, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the instrumentation is so dramatic. It is awesome. <laughs> oh, I just, uh, it's like, a, it's like from a movie score or a show tune. It's amazing. Um, and, you know, the harmonized ah uh, vocals are really great. And then the, you know, the for the glory of Glebelglorp uh, motif is back from the first song. And the harmonies from that just sound a little strange. Um, like a little off kilter, but it sounds great. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I also, I get the literal expression of thanks that happens in the lyrics, but I'm not sure I understand the context because I'm not really following the story or which character is singing and which character was that from the last song? What is this character's relation to Glebel Glorp? And I'm not sure I care because the drama is just awesome. And uh, I just love that part about it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care that I, I don't really get it. <laughs> well, it, I think it's a, it's a great scenario. It's you know post-apocalyptic after Glebel Glorp has come, and there's one of Glebel Glorp's supporters is I, that's that's who I think is the narrator of this song. So, but yeah, the instrumentation and composition is just wonderful. Uh, there's that <laughs> uh, well, it's such a good touch here. There's that uh, lyric. So what if there are no more trumpets? And it's immediately followed by a trumpet fanfare. Of course, in the yep. composition, you know, which is which is great. 
But yeah, also the, the gratitude angle is so twisted that uh, it might seem a little kind of suspiciously tacked <laughs> on, you know, like like we've uh, accused other people of doing uh, for other songs. Like maybe Brian could have or maybe even would have wedged in literally any theme uh, into that bit at the end of the song just so that he could do this song. <laughs> you know, it's just me be being paranoid, I'm sure. But uh, but yeah, it is a little twisted in yeah. terms of, you know, the, the, the characters continuing to express his gratitude or still feeling gratitude towards it. But, uh, you know, it's a different world now. And the only harmony was in the backing vocals, and that's fine. But it was such a showcase for the lead vocal line that I think that he could have added a harmony at some point anyway to it to maybe even improve it. You know, it would have, I would have preferred the harmonies a little more featured, but it kind of doesn't matter. This is still one of the top songs. It's uh, it's dramatic. It's theatrical. Right. And, uh, and it's <laughs> it's so specific to people who have heard the round one songs that I can't I literally can't imagine anybody coming upon this song independent of that and thinking like oh well this makes any sense whatsoever and or is enjoyable for various reasons you know I thought it was charming and funny and disturbing and <laughs> all the all it the was wonderfully dramatic yeah yeah was... you know I I think the harmonized backing vocals the way they swell in places really adds great impact. I thought they were very well used. Yeah. Again, this is like what I what I was talking about with that other song. You know, I can't criticize him for meeting the challenge. Right. So, uh, so I'm not going to. But it didn't matter. I mean, this it, it, this is going to be one of the top songs no matter what. Yeah. So. Yeah. Very artfully done, Brian. Next up, we've got "Running Green Lights." Thanks for nothing. Yeah. Thanks, Running Green Lights, for giving us a song that I don't have to stress out about. Oh, yeah. This is an easy review. It's 13 yes. seconds long. It's an expression of thanks. There's a harmony part. Check, check, check. Check, check. Last place. Last place. All right. Next, Temnir. Not this time. As usual, I think the production from Temnir is great again. There's some pretty great sounding harmonies uh, on the line, Eon spent in search. Each time I'm stuck behind again, not this time. I think the reverb helps them sound a little extra good. We also get some bonus guitar harmonies on the solo, which I also dig. Um, I think there's an expression of thanks here, but I think it's not the main thrust of the song. I feel like this song is more about regret and redemption than it is about thanks, per se. Yeah, it does kind of end with them seemingly expressing a sincere appreciation towards the, the guy's friends. Yeah. And uh, that, that seemed, you know, genuine gratitude. So I, I thought it, it met as well or better than some of the other songs. So... Yeah, that didn't bother me much. I, I didn't think there was anything really bad about this song at all. Uh, it's just nothing really to bring me to it, though, either. It's an, it's an interesting, uh, if vague, 
kind of reincarnation and morality story, but just, you know, kind of like that good guy uh, Sojabe song, you know, during later playthroughs, I tend to skip this one. And that might be genre bias. Yeah, it didn't really do a lot for me either. All right, next up, we've got Ominous Ride with Dodging Bullets. Mama used to tell me that was a cat. Where would I find that at times it drove me back? And in my mind, I was kind and articulate and educated to the third degree. Would have been nice to see. I like the reverby bass right off the start. And this song is just chock full of vocal harmonies. Like right off the top, we've got some, and I think they go all the way through. I dig like on lines like, thank God she left me and went her way so I could find my smile another day. All the instruments drop out and the harmony vocals take center stage. And I think that's a really cool way of sort of putting a spotlight on them, which is nice for one of the challenges is to have some harmony vocals, so it's nice to nice to spotlight them. I appreciated that. Yeah, I think that 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 sounded like a very '60s thing, you know. Yeah, like uh, like one of the like Jefferson know, Airplane or something, right? Yeah, or one of like you wouldn't be surprised hearing it from Santana or from any any of a number of bands at Woodstock or something like that. You know, maybe Buffalo Springfield. Did you notice in the bridge when the the transition of the instrumentation kind of went to a classical mode? which was a kind of a cool change up. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. There's also some falsetto singing that happens towards the end of the tune too, which I thought was really well done. Mm -hmm. Now this song I thought sounded muddy. Like the, the, the mix in here is just dull and kind of muffled in my headphones. I totally agree, yeah. I thought it was a little muddy. I thought it was great vocal work. I wouldn't skip this one on the playlist like I, I did in later listenings of some of those other songs that we were just talking about. But I also didn't find this incredibly compelling, you know, again, even though there's that 60s kind of thing that we were talking about, too. I, I think the very last cymbal crash at the end got cut off. Or maybe that was just a band camp thing. I'm not sure. Also, I'm not sure that the gratitude expressed in the song was genuine. You know, the, the yeah. story is thanks for leaving me so I could find happiness with somebody else, which sounds a little less than genuine, you know? Right. Like I, my notes says is being thankful for a partner who in retrospect was bad for you. Are you thankful that they're dumped you? Is that a genuine feeling of gratitude? It sounds a little passive aggressive. Yeah, it does a little, uh, it's, but yeah, uh, <laughs> another song does almost the exact same message later on. <laughs> yeah. One of the shadows I hear. So, but they're a shadow. They didn't have, I'm, I'm not going to fast forward to that yet. But yeah. <laughs> Did you like the bass? It was fine. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it, synth. Uh, it was, it was a fake bass, but I thought it sounded pretty yeah. good. Yeah. It's, it was a good, um, good choice of baseline. Good, uh, good composition of the baseline. It was pretty prominent too. Yeah. So it's good. Yeah. All right. Next up, we've got faster jackalope with selfless heart. Parts of me broken None of them noticed But you found my scar Pieces You pick them up slowly Glue them together 
Oh my god, so there was a lot of collaboration on this one. So you've got the three core members of Faster Jackalope, which is Glenn, Frisbee, and Truth, who is also in Mandibles. But this time around, you've also got Aaron, who's a friend of the family, uh, Glenny's family, uh, who plays for the Prometheus Symphony Orchestra in Oakland. She plays violin for them. And you've also got Aaron's mom, Jill, who uh, plays French horn and just happens to be in town for Thanksgiving. And I guess all of them were just jamming at Aaron's place for Thanksgiving, and Glenny stopped by and with sheet music and got them to record their parts. And it really worked out well. I mean, Frisbee's voice is great here, and yeah. the harmonized ooh-ah backing vocals, which Truth, I guess, added, sound really great to me. The bridge is a triumph. I mean, on the bridge, it's like Glenny, Truth, and Frisbee all singing at the same time in harmony, and it sounds great. And then the solo happens, and there's that killer violin solo, and then there's a solo section that's got the French horn and the banjo together, which you wouldn't think would sound good, but it sounds really good. And yeah. then they end on this a cappella section. Super strong entry. I mean, I haven't really thought about the lyrics a whole lot, but just listening to the music, the music really did it for me here. I thought the music was just killer on this track. Yeah, I, I love, love, love this song. Everything about it is lovely. The violin, banjo vocals, the backing vocals, the French horn, you know, everything is just so, so good. I remember mentioning a long time ago in one of our other podcasts that, you know, it's kind of hard sometimes to come up with the review when everything is just great. And this song, I feel like even the, the lyrics I, I thought were great. Everything yeah. about it. I have so little to say about it because it's so good. You know, that I have no criticism whatsoever. I'm just perfectly happy with this song. This was a great, great success. Yeah, this is definitely one of the top songs of this challenge. Yeah. Definitely. All right, next up we've got Third Cat looking for light. Barely keeping my eyes open, swerving in the road again. Don't even care if I make it back. Barely feel like I am alive, laying in my bed to lie. I'm falling deeper into the black. I noticed the harmonies right away on the pre-chorus, the pull me out pre-chorus, which grabbed me. There's a lot of layers, and I think the, those harmonies sound pretty great. One of the things I noticed about this song is that the chorus really has a lift to it. And I like it when the chorus grabs me and kind of pulls me along a bit and makes me feel good. And I like that when a chorus does that. That's what it's, what it's chorus supposed to do. Um, this song's a little bit short, and it's interesting that the guitar solo comes right after the first chorus, which is, you know, um, that's a structure that you don't necessarily normally see. Yeah. Um, song's pretty short at 2 minutes and 44 seconds, but it needs, it does everything it needs to do. Um, I don't have a lot of notes on the lyrics, but this is sort of a love song, right? Yeah, I like this song a lot. It's I think I think it's a good love song. The one thing that I'd mention is the cadence of the vocals sounds odd, uh, yeah. and I don't know what's up with it. I wish I did. It doesn't matter. I think it's still good. I just think it sounds a little strange. And I don't mean strange in a bad way. I mean, it's just like I, I would love to know what brought him to that meter, you know, to what brought him to that cadence, what brought him to, to that melody. It's good. I'm happy with it. Yeah. So, but still putting it maybe in the mid-range. 
know, not one of the top tops. We've already you know, kind of mentioned that we've got we've got at least three or four listed that are top tops. Yeah, that bucket is overflowing at this point. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're in my eyes they're safe, but you know, not not top. Right, I agree with that. Yeah, I like the song. It's good. All right, next up we've got Governing Dynamics with Guiding Star. this song does a pretty good job of expressing gratitude the gratitude for someone who has helped them through a difficult time of self-discovery and inner turmoil the music here is hard for me to get into it's slow and plodding and emo and there's not a lot of relief uh, that comes uh, the required vocal harmonies are present and they're not super showcased but they're there well, what I don't like about this song is it's just it's just super emo and it's it's a little self-indulgent and I have a hard time really getting into it. I'm just going to fast forward to the pitch issues that I had with it. D- during the listening party, I kind of called them out on it and I immediately uh, regretted it and I worried because because I'd worried that I'd imagined how bad it had been and that I was just being mean, but but no, it's it's kind of painful at 2 minutes and 5 seconds and maybe at a couple other spots. And uh, I was just surprised that it made it into their final thing without, you know, maybe trying to correct that uh, that pitch a little bit on those notes. So that was a surprise. But that's really the only kind of bad thing that I have to say about it. It's yeah, it's a slow emo song. I don't hold that against it. Uh, we, we were kind of like asking for it with the challenge, more yeah. or less. And uh, and I think it's a good love song. So I'm putting this in my mid range too. I mean, the the pitch issues are unpleasant, but. Uh, you know, if, if I'm going to hold everybody to, to pitch the way I'm holding them to, then there'd be a lot of bands in the bottom half. So, th- yeah, this is mid-range for me. Right. Okay. Uh, let's see. Next, we've got a shadow that had been moved up because of people who had dropped out. So, Menage Tune is back in the running with I Wish, Jennifer's song. I was young, but I was dying. So in this song, gratitude is expressed towards the parent of, I believe, an organ donor who saved the life of the singer, which is, you know, some pretty powerful stuff. Ted and Joanne combine for some pretty nice vocal harmonies on the choruses, which I think sounds sweet. The cynical part of me can't help but wonder if the premise of the song is a bit contrived. It's, it's a little bit too Seasons in the Sun for me, if you know what I mean. 
All right, yeah, I thought it was a little pitchy here and there, and if it were me, then, you know, we would sustain some of those vocal notes during the verses and even sometimes, you know, mid-chorus. She has some notes that she sustains, but then there's a whole kind of a bunch where during the verses is a great example. She doesn't sustain any of the notes in the verses when I think it's kind of begging for it. You know, she'll just end a note uh, after like the quarter note is done when she could have just extended it out to the end of the line. And yeah, again, when she's doing the the main sort of thank you, thank you, that's that's extended, but then then everything else gets a little staccato immediately after that until she gets into the you know main line again. Uh, the instrumentation I thought was a little dull, although maybe the introduction of the piano in the second section was sort of this sly indication of the subject's maturity. Uh, in the beginning, the the instrumentation seems a little kitty, and uh, then in the second section, when they're talking about the uh, the organ receiver as an adult, they added the piano as kind of the main backing instrument. Um, but I, I'm not sure. That's just a guess. Uh, I, if if it was intentional or not, great. I'm gonna call it intentional. You know, uh, I thought it was an intense song, but uh, the performance issues kind of drag it down a bit for me. Next up, we've got Jocko Homomorphism with a new idea. The theory of ideals in ring domains. We're grateful. And this is a nerdy ode to Emmy Noether, a famous mathematician who made important contributions to abstract algebra and theoretical physics. I like the up-tempo, happy, bloopy, synth-driven me- uh, melody. It's got some quirky vocal harmonies. These guys, I guess, are physics academics, and I imagine that Emmy Noether is a sort of patron saint of theirs. It's sort of a charming, thankful tribute to her, which I think is cool. My first instinct is to call this a Wikipedia song, but I have a feeling these guys did not have to look up this stuff on Wikipedia, just I did. Oh yeah, well, I mean, when we call Wikipedia songs, they're, they're songs that inform people. Right. Occasionally at the expense of entertaining them. Yeah, that, that may have happened to a certain extent here, lyrically, but, um, you know, the song is up-tempo, sounds pretty good to me. I thought some of the, there were some pitch issues here and there, and the harmonies were a little bit off and weird in places, but this is, this is, I like this better than their last submission, so I think this is an improvement. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was an infectious melody, you know, like, uh, like the vocal melody in the verse. It's, uh, it's like so infectious that it's hard to imagine that the verse melody isn't stolen from something. I, I kept on trying to think is because it seems to remind me of something and I'm sure it's original. It's just like, it's, it's one of those things that just it is so catchy so immediately. And so it, it seems, you know, like something you recognize, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I thought it was an interesting composition and interesting lyrics, uh, some bad harmony notes, but uh, I like the song. Next up, we've got Marlin with I Am Not Your Princess. And this is a shadow. Yeah. I know your travels haven't been a slow walk in the park. I know this wasn't what you hope to find here in 
come to winning, then you only got me. It's been a while since anything but screams. So uh, there are no vocal harmonies here, which isn't a problem since this is just a shadow. Uh, I guess those would be hard to do for Marlon since it's just a guitar, a one-take recording device, and Marlon. Even so, uh, this just oozes charm. You don't care that he flubs a guitar lick here or there. In fact, that actually helps. That adds to the charm. This is an honest, raw performance, and that's what's great about it. Yeah, I love this song. So so much feeling. Yeah, you know, it seems so genuine. He's just like while while listening to these songs on you know over and over. I, I mentioned that I would uh, skip over some. Never this one, because it's just so genuine, and uh, I loved it. Yeah, me too. This would be a, this would be high on my list. If it weren't, then we would disqualify it. Uh, if, it were, if, <laughs> right. if it weren't a shadow, we would have to disqualify it because of the lack of harmony. But otherwise, excellent. excellent. Good, good job, Marlon. Yeah. All right, next up we've got Red Watcher with I Wasn't the One. You broke up with me, broke my heart. How could this happen? I couldn't satisfy your hope We parted lines of time had slipped This is a pretty piano ballad from Ted. Great singing, great playing, great production. Uh, I really love the way he hits those high notes on the chorus. It sounds really great. I'm not sure what I think about those backwards note that start up in the second verse. They add some interest, but at the same time, they sound a little bit weird. It's an interesting choice. I'm just not sure if I would have done that. There are some tacked on harmonies at the end, but they're not really a big part of the song. Some people mentioned that this sounds like Coldplay, which is not really my thing. It's impressive, but I didn't really like this song all that much. I liked it just fine. Uh, since it's a shadow, I don't have to really be invested in its ranking or anything like that. So I was just impressed. His, his singing is beautiful. It's uh, Yeah, he sings really well. Yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought it was a, a great job. All right, next up, the next shadow is Dr. Lindyke with Match. So you give your heart to me. demo sound of this you feel like you know you're in there when dr lindyke hit play and record and his tape recorder his tape recorder, <laughs> his tape recorder. <laughs> i mean it sounds a little dull right i mean <laughs> this is the not the highest jack. quality recording yeah <laughs> clunk play and record uh it, it's it's cool he tinkles the ivories and sings uh and, you know, I think he, he must have punched in some harmonies because he's got them. I, and towards the end, there's this line, because you gave me back my life. And the harmonies there sound especially good. It's like a low harmony and a high harmony. Sounds great. I'm impressed that the doctor can play and sing that well at the same time. It's uh, it's good good stuff. 
Yeah, very reminiscent of Elton John in topic and in the performance and in the piano and everything like that. Yeah, just really successful. He, he was going for something and he hit it. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of sounds like something, next we've got Red Watcher doing Kindness Reigns Power. School was so stupid For a room of big-headed kids Yep, I was one of them It was useless They would argue Gotta be top of the class And screw the rest But there you were Sitting so quietly Listening to the words they spoke We both knew it was such a joke Then you mentioned politely It does no good Um, are you familiar with Roxy Music's song, More Than This? Yes. Yeah, yeah, the chorus sounds so much like More Than This, I can hardly stand it. <laughs> um, I mean, it's just the first half of the chorus, but it really sounds like that. He's really channeling Brian Ferry here. It sounds good like that. Though. Good so like that, sounds, though. Yeah, it sounds, sounds like that in a good way. Yeah. Ted's an amazing talent. This has got yeah. an amazing 80s feel to it, and it's just super well done. Great production, great singing. Why mm -hmm. isn't he in this contest by himself? Because he's he's amazing. I guess he'd win. That's probably why. During the listening party, I was I was sputtering. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but why aren't you? But, why, why aren't you competing? You know, I was like, because uh, you know, while listening to this, I'm like, because he would he would be in the top three every so far anyway. Every every one of these things. So, yeah, he'd be high yeah. up there. Yeah, just great, uh, lovely vocal work. Uh, great, he's just 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 great. Just everything's wonderful. Yeah. All right, the last song, the last shadow is Matchy Matchy with Thanks. I always thought that love was a paradise. The prize a hero earns through sacrifice. A perfect compromise where everybody wins. We're happy ever after. for teaching me that. All right, now I would just disqualify this song because the backing vocals are too loud. The backing vocals are way too loud. Also, the the expression of gratitude is not genuine, I don't think. It's it's one of those uh, fake. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for being such an ass. Being a terrible partner. Yeah. Yeah, being a, being a being the worst. Thanks for being the worst. Everybody else is great in comparison to you. It's not great. And again, I I have some sort of questions about the composition as a whole and the lyrics. It's, I don't know who this song is for. It's all just kind of this weird bitter dysfunction. It doesn't have any humor in it. It's uh yeah, I don't know what to say. Needs more dick jokes. Needs more dick jokes. That's, yeah, it's such an easy rule. Such an easy rule. <laughs> All right, that is it for Spin Tunes 15, round two. Now we just have to figure out how to rank all these songs. Oh, yeah. I, I have uh, changed my three-bucket thing to about five buckets. So now there's low, mid-low, mid, mid-high, mid, mid and top. And uh, so I think that's going to work. 
Nice. I've enlisted the aid of a magic eight ball. <laughs> so it, you have to ask it specific questions, though, right? Um, signs point to yes. Okay. So uh, is Faster Jackalope going to be your top? Mm, I don't know. I don't know, dude. Oh, okay. Oh, so it doesn't say ask again later. <laughs> check it. I think it would say signs point to yes. Okay, shout outs. Uh, shout out to Brian. Brian, thank you for being the reason that Jurgatorium exists. Shout out to Alice. Alice, thank you for purportedly enjoying our music and listening to it. That's, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Thank you for being you're, our biggest fan. You're in, you're in a special elite group. Uh, very few, very few people. <laughs> I would like to thank Sarah for uh, helping me have a, an incredible birthday just a couple days ago. So thanks for that. Happy, happy birthday. And happy Thanksgiving. And uh, a special thank you to uh, my husband, Andre. Uh, thank you for everything, for your love and support. And I would like to thank Skype for being just a great, great piece of software that I have absolutely zero frustrations with. So easy to use, so user-friendly, so unobtrusive. Uh, actually, we've, we've had a lot of luck with it, except for today, so, yeah. All right, that's it. I can hear the theme music playing. Good, good, good. Okay, we'll catch you on the flippity-floppity-flippity-flop. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.